we are blessed with music. But again, I, I'm more of a storyteller. I, I know y'all have noticed that by now. Um, I like teaching through stories. I like preaching through stories. Sometimes I just like telling stories. I'll be honest with you. But again, I don't want it ever to be about the story or about me and my enjoyment of telling stories because I can do it all day. Matter of fact, when I started teaching several years ago, I've been teaching a couple years, and I was teaching science and um, classroom of kids. Well, I was supposed to be teaching science, but there's a classroom of kids, and I'm talking. And I like interaction. I do. I like for students to participate. I like for them to know the goal that we're trying to reach that day. But I started telling stories one day. And they were good. I mean, they were good stories. Some of them were science-related. A lot of it was just team building and getting to know kids. This is the first of the school year. And this one kid who was not, uh, again, not real social, he raises his hand. I thought, good, he's finally going to participate. He said, Mr. Morgan. I said, yes, sir. He said, we're going to learn anything about science. <laughs> so, I said, yes, sir, we are. <laughs> as soon as I finish this next story. But, uh, <laughs> but again, I don't ever want it to be about the story. But I'll tell you, the music we've had in these last few weeks have been great. It's not, the, the last few weeks have not gone exactly like I planned. Um, Again, I didn't plan on uh, it being that cold. I didn't plan. You know, there, there's a few things that, that have hit that weren't. But if you think back the last three or four weeks, we've really been blessed through music and, and word and just uh, a few surprises. Um, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about a new year, a Savior, but a new year and a familiar mission. A, a familiar mission. Something you've probably heard before. I just want to remind us what we need to be doing. And then next week, I'm going to talk about a, a perfect example. And then I want to do about, I don't know how many weeks yet. I'm still working on it. But I want to do a little series about following his perfect example. Again, I don't know how many sermons, how many weeks it'll be. It may last all the way till Lent. It may last all the way till 24. I don't know. I mean, not all at one time, okay? I'll stop and then come back, okay? It's not one continuous thing, so. But this morning, I want to talk about the church. I want to talk about the mission of the church. Again, it is a new year, and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Some of you I haven't seen since before Christmas. It's awesome to see everybody. It's awesome. Uh, to be here, it's awesome, um, again, for it not to be single digits temperature-wise as well. But I want to start by reading um, Scripture, and I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 1, and I'm going to read the first nine verses. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sothenus, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you 
from God our Father and our Lord Jesus. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore you lack, do not lack any spiritual gift, as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm at the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus. Lord, thank you for a new year. Lord, thank you for a mission. Thank you for supplying all our needs. I pray that as we look at the scripture, Lord, as we study it, that we, uh, we grow our faith in you, Lord. We learn to depend more and more on you. As we carry your, your good news to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. New Year Familiar Mission. Wow. I don't know if you've known or if you've read or you've seen, but churches as a whole in the United States are declining. Attendance is not as good as it has been. If you look over the last 50 years, that decline is quite significant. And there's plenty of theories that try to explain this. Churches are spending a bunch of money trying to fix it. I can't explain why it's happening for sure, but I do have some opinions. One thing is I think we're trying to do the same thing over and over and over and, and expect a different result, and that don't really work out real well. But again, i got some other opinions too. And again, churches are throwing money at it, but what I can tell you is it's a spiritual problem. It's not a physical problem, and spiritual problems are not fixed by money and opinions. Spiritual problems are by accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior Letting the Holy Spirit dwell in us and work through us to spread good news. You see, I think sometimes, sometimes we forget what we're supposed to be doing. Again, I get distracted all the time. I'll get distracted telling a story. I'll get distracted doing many things. And I think for, sometimes we forget. We go through routines. We go through routines. And we forget what the point is of what we do. Yeah, we come to church every Sunday. We have an order. And sometimes but I forget. I think we forget what our mission truly is. I think that when Paul was writing this letter to the church of Corinth, I think that's what had happened to them. Yeah, there were squabblings going on among them. There were, there, there were disagreements. There were, there were things going on. People were hearing the outside noise, and they forgot what they were supposed to be doing. Does it sound familiar? When it gets right down to it, if you look at the things that our churches are going through, I think sometimes we try to solve the problems the wrong way. 
we try these physical solutions that, that we think works, that'll make, that money makes us happy, so we must, our opinions make us happy, so that's what's going to fix everything, right? Well, we're, we're wrong about that. My opinions have never fixed anything. Never. But today, and this year, my goal is, my hope is to remind us what our mission is, what we're supposed to be doing individually and as a church. I want to start just by reviewing our mission. We have a mission. The United Methodist Church as a whole has a mission, but Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church has a mission. I know it. Do you all know it? Do you know what it is? First thing it tells us who we are. It says Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church is a community of faith, hope, and love whose mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our mission. That's what we're supposed to be doing, which really goes along really well with the church, the United Methodist Church mission, which is to um, make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's it. There's a lot of things that go along with that, but to really and truly understand that, and one thing I like about our mission, is it kind of defines who we are and what a church is. Because if you look up the definition of church, if you want to really research what is a church, that's the first question I'm going to answer this morning. I want to answer four questions. One is what, is, what is the church? What is a disciple? What is transformation? And where and who is the world? So what is a church? A church... It's a word that's translated from a Greek word, ecclesia, and it's used in the New Testament to identify the community of believers in Jesus Christ. It literally means assembly or congregation or meeting. It means people who come together who love Jesus Christ. That's what a church is. That's who we are. And again, if you look at our mission, it says a community of faith, hope, and love whose mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So what is a, uh, what is a church? Again, it's a community of believers that spread the good news of Jesus Christ. It's a community of believers who take care of people outside the walls of this church. It's a community of believers who spread the good news outside the walls of this church. That's what a church is. Matthew 16 says, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So the church is a community of believers. A community of people who, like Peter, have declared, declared that Jesus is the Messiah, the living Son of God. That's what a church is. But what's a disciple? We're all called to be disciples, right? What is a disciple? John 4, 23 and 24 describes what a disciple is. It says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks 
such as these to worship him. You see, a disciple is someone who worships the Father in truth and in spirit. A disciple is someone whose main purpose is to be more like Jesus Christ, to follow his perfect example. Disciple also means servant. A disciple means servant. Mark 10.45 explains that Christ came to serve. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. A disciple is called to serve. We're called to serve, to serve each other. We're called to serve, to serve the world. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is also to be called to be a witness. A disciple is called to be a witness. But to be a witness to something, what do you really need? You need an experience, right? You can't witness to something you've never seen or experienced. If you haven't seen or experienced it, then it's hearsay. It's not a witness. So in order to be a witness, you have to experience that relationship with Jesus Christ. He has to be your Lord and Savior. You can't witness to something that you've never seen or never experienced. So in order to be a disciple, we have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 14 to 17 says, But how are they to call on one to whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one whom they've not heard? And how are they to, how are they to hear without someone proclaiming it? To spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we've had to experience the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone's had to share it with us. So in turn, we're called to go and witness to the world. We're called to go and witness to each other. We're called to go and witness to wherever we are. Whether we be here serving at the, at, at the clothing closet, or whether we be at the store, or whether we be at school, or whether we be wherever we are, we're called to be witnesses for the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is a witness. So just to review, a disciple is someone who worships the Father in truth and spirit. Someone who strives to be more like Christ by serving others. And someone who witnesses the good news of Jesus Christ by proclaiming his word. That's what a disciple is. That's who we're called to be. Again, we're called to be someone who worships in truth and spirit. Someone who strives to be more like Christ by serving others. And someone who witnesses the good news of Jesus Christ by proclaiming his word. That's who we are. The next thing is we're supposed to be transformed. We're supposed to, 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 to spread the good news so the world can be transformed. But what is transformation? What is transformation? The word transformation, according to Webster, means a complete or major change in someone or something's appearance. A complete change. In other words, we're not exactly who we were. Romans 2, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's what transformation is. Transformation is we were one way before we had experienced the love and grace and good news of Jesus Christ. Now we're different. That's what transformation means.
I've had people ask me before if I've been a Christ, if I was a Christian. Are you a Christian? That, that, you know what? That means if, if people have to ask, I'm not doing my job. If I've truly been transformed, people should be able to tell that I'm a Christian. People should be able to tell I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what transformation is. You see, to be able to transform the world, we must be transformed. It's part of our mission as a disciple. I've explained it this way, and I've stolen this from a former pastor of mine, but she called it the but now experience. But now, two words, explains transformation. Before I met Jesus, I was, but now. Before I met Jesus, I wasn't honest, but now. Before I met Jesus, I had these things in my life that drugged me down. But now, since that experience with Jesus, I'm changed. Not because of anything that I've done, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. The way he's served me. That but now experience, those two words mean so much. When we become Christians, when we are disciples of Jesus Christ, people should see a difference in our life. Not just by our words, but by the way we're serving Him. We didn't used to serve Him, but now we enjoy serving other people. That but now experience makes a big deal. Those two words are what transformation is all about. But what, where, or who is the world? Seems like an easy question. You can answer it in a, in a few ways. You can say it's the planet that we dwell on. You can say that it's, uh, it's uh, everybody that's on this planet. You can say so many things. You can say it's what God created at creation. And all those things are true. That It is the world in which we live. Samuel 2.8 says it's all inhabitants. John 3.16 explains it as everybody, pretty much. Jesus came and died for. That's who the world is. Sometimes our world, when we're, uh, sometimes our world can get really small. And when I say our world can get really small, when I'm talking about world now, I'm talking about things that are important to us. The things that we can do can get really small. Yeah, I'm at home, I go to work, I come home, and, and my world can be so small, but this is a huge world. And when you live in that small, small world, you can think everything's okay. But when you look outside the parameters of your life, the world needs us. The world needs Jesus Christ. The world needs to be transformed. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, we're called. We are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's everybody. All of the world, all people, all, I've told you, I've looked that word up, I know what all means, it means all, total, it means everything. Jesus came and died for us. He came and died for people that don't look like us. He came and died for people that don't live near us. He came and died for people that don't agree with us. He came and died for everybody that's got a soul. That's who the world is. 
So the guy that cuts you off in traffic, Jesus died for They may have some neat ways to shoot in sign language, but Jesus died for them. Seen all kinds of communication skills on the road. That's who the world is. Told you several times, you'll never look in anybody's eyes that Jesus didn't die for. That's who the world is. Every human being that has a soul. Man, we've got a big job, don't we? That's a lot of transformation. When I think about my life, there's a lot of transformation I need in my life. And then I think about everybody else. Oh, my gosh. Man, the world needs Jesus. As a church, I want to remind you of what Paul writes. Because, again, the the words that Paul wrote so long ago, ago to the church of Corinth still applies to us today. And I'm going to tell you, that uh, I know you are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. Together with all those everywhere who call on the name of Lord Jesus. I am thankful to God for the grace that has been given you through Jesus Christ. You have been enriched by him And all that you need. There's that word all again. He's given us all that we need. With all kind of speech and knowledge. You see, you lack you lack no spiritual gifts. He's blessed us with everything we need. As we wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. And I promise you, God will keep us firm to the end. So that we will be held blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus. I can promise you also that God is faithful. Who believes God is faithful? Is God faithful? God who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful in your life today. Again, He's given you all the provisions you need. Are we being the church? Are we being disciples? Have we been transformed? Individually, have we been transformed? And through Christ, am I transforming others? Those are the questions we really need to answer. Those four. Am I being the church? Am I a disciple? Have I been transformed? And through Christ, am I transforming others? What are we at Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church? And what are we as individuals, individual disciples, doing to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world? So I want to challenge you, not just today, not just in the next few weeks, not just this year, but I want to challenge you with the rest of the time you have left on this earth. As individuals and the church, to keep this mission the sole purpose in all that we do. Don't let outside distractions get in the way. We've got to keep our eye on the mission. 
I want us to ask these questions daily. What have I done today? What have I done today? And tomorrow will be today too when you say it, okay? So, and then the next day, it's always today. I, I, I don't understand it. I'm trapped in this thing called time and space. I can't understand all this. But what have we done today to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world? And then tomorrow we're going to ask, what have I done today to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world? Tuesday we're going to ask the same question. I want to, we need to assess ourselves. Are we true to the mission we're called to? Am I true to the mission that we're called to? I pray for us as a church. I pray for us individually that we do carry out this mission. If we haven't been transformed, we are transformed by Him. And we go out and transform the world. I pray that Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church will be a community of faith, hope, and love whose mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for supplying us with all that we need. Lord, help us as we we leave this place today, Lord, that we are true to our mission, the mission that you've called us to, Lord, that we are your disciples. And we do spread the good news of a loving Savior that's filled with grace. Lord, help us take your word to people who have not heard it before. Bless this church. Bless this community. And bless the whole world. In Jesus' name, amen.